Good evening, wrestling fans, and welcome to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. For the next two hours, we will bring you the latest pro wrestling news, in-depth analysis of all your favorite promotions from across the globe, and much, much more. We will also bring you exclusive interviews with the greatest professional wrestling personalities on the local, national, and international levels. If you want to follow the Wrestle Talk podcast, check us out online at www.wrestletalkpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. And now, it's time for the reigning, defending, undisputed leader in pro wrestling podcast, the Wrestle Talk Podcast. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 398 of the Wrestle Talk Podcast. And no, I am not the night owl Renee Martinez. And I sure know I'm not Richard Douglas. I know a lot of people have been wondering where he is, but I'm not Richard Douglas. I am Luke Roberts. And sitting alongside me right now, Hardcore Hoss. Hoss, how you been doing good, sir? Oh, I've been doing good there, Mr. Roberts. You know, I'm just looking forward to another great show and just uh, ready to have some fun. Well, you know something right now, Hoss? I got to tell you, you're looking at Mike Dapper here tonight wearing that wonderful Russell Talk podcast hat representing the program here tonight. Yeah, uh, I've had a few people ask me about that hat and want to know where can they get one. And the answer is it's a host exclusive. Ah, I get you. I get you. But I know one thing. You may not be able to get the hat. And thank you, Herb, for... Uh, viewing the program tonight. Not only idea you have that, but you can also get one of those great Wrestle Talk podcast mugs that are available as well. And we're going to talk about that here in just a couple minutes. But of course, you know something? This show wouldn't be complete without a co-host. I got to tell you, one of the men who's really taken the program by storm, he's become one of the most popular faces on the Wrestle Talk podcast each and every Tuesday night. I got to bring him in. Sonny Money Mayo, how in the world are you doing tonight? Good sir, repping the NWO. I'm doing spectacular. I'm filled with coffee. I'm filled with nicotine. I'm filled with water. I'm filled with shit talking. I'm ready to talk about Cody Rhodes. I'm ready to talk about King Eric Black. I'm ready to talk about the big man, K-Tuber. We got some great guests. I have about a half a voice. I'm sure by the end of this podcast, I'll have no voice and I'm going to have to learn sign language and hold up signs. It's Tuesday, gentlemen. I'm ready to rock this thing. Luke Roberts, Hardcore Hoss. Thank you so much for bringing me in. Let's get this show started, gentlemen. Well, I get to you right now. And again, just to let the people know, it's kind of become a tradition when you and I are hosting the program. Sonny, as you've been talking about it, you just emphasized it there, that that wonderful mug of coffee that you have. Where are we at right now on the Sunny Money Coffee Meter? The Sunny Money Coffee Meter, as we speak at the beginning of this episode, I'm on number six. I am on number six. I project to be at number eight by our second guest. By our second guest, I project to be at number eight, ladies and gentlemen. Sunny Money, you beat a little bit of a, of a forecaster here on the program. I got to tell you right now, when we had our pre-show meeting, Sunny Money did not sound nearly as wonderful as he does right now. But again, he's been doing the best he can. He's been trying to rest up and get ready for tonight's great program. Multi-talented is the title of tonight's program, as I said earlier. 
We're going to have King Eric Black on it at about 7.30. And then by 8.15, we're going to have the big man Kay Toomer on the program as well. And guys, I got to tell you, it's getting closer and closer by the minute. Two weeks away from that big episode 400. I'm going to tell you right now, I, I, I wish I could have the big announcement tonight. I talked to Renee about it. I wish I could make the big announcement tonight, but I can't. Because right now, I'm going to tell you, we're looking at a couple of major guests for episode 400. A couple of big things rolling here for episode 400. And we're so close. But we got to kind of hold out here for a bit. And guys, I got to tell you right now, real quick, I got a couple things left on the program. As you know, a little while ago, it was my it was my birthday. And I wanted to get a shout out right here. A good friend of mine gave me a Chewbacca statue available here. Uh right here in the Luke Roberts office had to show that off. And also too, and I got to, I got to share this with you. Um, as it stands right now, it's kind of a special time in the, in the Roberts house because uh, in just about looking here at the clock, a little under five hours, there's going to be a very important time here in, in, in the Roberts house, that being a birthday time. And that's right. My wonderful wife turning 45 years old. She's a, she, she's okay with admitting the age. No, 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 no. Even if she's okay with it, that's a setup. That's a setup. I can't scream it loud enough. That's a setup. <laughs> Why are you Luke saying right now? out a girl's age, you know, there's only one thing you can say about that. <laughs> well, you know something, guys? I'm going to tell you right now, though. Um, my wife has been beside me every step of the way. And, Adam, thanks for the shout-out here. Uh, again, um, she, she's been around me the entire journey, uh, almost the entire 35 years that I've been around pro wrestling. She's been beside me every step of the way. She's been a motivator, role model. I mean, you name it, she's been there beside me every step of the way. And I would be very much remiss if I didn't acknowledge her birthday tomorrow. So happy birthday. I uh, hope it's going to be a great one, just like tonight's show. Tonight's show is going to be a great one. And you know what? Before we get things rocking and rolling, as we always do, without the viewers of the Wrestle Talk podcast, this show wouldn't be as successful as it is. But also, it would not be as great as it is without all the great sponsors that support us each and every week, week in, week out, to make the Wrestle Talk podcast. Sonny Money, take it away. No, absolutely. If it wasn't for the sponsors and you great fans tuning in live, we wouldn't be able to rock this thing. So shout out to Everything Combat. King Kate Arcade, E-Sports Bar, Kansas City, Interstate 70 Sports Media, Royals Mills Transportation, Painter's Dream Productions, Rathburn and Grevin, <clears throat> Me Fiesta KC Party Rentals, Noble Men's Barber Lounge, Kansas City, Missouri, Ask for Pete the Barber, and one of my favorites, the FWWC. Gentlemen, this voice over here, I feel like I'm going through puberty again. Like, what's going on, dude? You know what I mean? So I'm going to keep chucking my water. I'm going to keep chucking my coffee. Please, everybody joining us on the podcast tonight, check out our wonderful sponsors. Maybe they can help you out with whatever you need because we've got so many great, great, great sponsors there. So, Well, I got to tell you right now, and again, I, I feel bad because I actually just went last week and got a haircut myself. Didn't get a chance to go see Pete. I know Pete could have done a, 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 a wonderful masterpiece with my hair. But, you know, who knows? I mean, again, this is the beginning of the summer season. 
And I, you know, I'm going to make that journey up to Kansas City sooner or later and go see Pete and say, hey, let's take care of this. And our good buddy, Chris, wrote it out. <laughs> now, I had to put out there because you knew that the, 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 the bars were going to go all night long. But you know, we have a lot to talk about. We have two great guests. We also, around 8 o'clock, are going to have the FWWC Friday Night Challenge here. And you know something? I was thinking about things. I was watching the show last week and, and, and knowing about Nightmare Jones. And Nightmare Jones, every week, takes care of things for us. And you know, since Nightmare Jones, he's been traveling the area. He's been doing things for the show. He's been doing all these kinds of things that he needs to do. Um, As it stands right now, he always took care of of something we do every week to recognize and acknowledge the greatest country in the world. But I noticed something. Hardcore Hoss, I'm just going to put it out there. You have very quickly become the voice of the WrestleTop podcast. Not just the man behind the technology, but you become a voice of the Dynamo, okay, I was gonna Dynamo Pro, but the voice of the WrestleTop podcast. And you know something? <laughs> I got to say, when it comes down to every week, this is one of the things that our, our viewership – almost like expects like clockwork. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and throw this to you because you have become such an integral part of the Russell Talk podcast. And this is one of the things that you do oh so well each and every week. So ladies and gentlemen, make sure you pay your attention to the man up here on the screen representing the Russell Talk podcast with the ultra cool host exclusive Russell Talk podcast hat. Hardcore Hoss, you want to go ahead and get us ready to make sure that we take care of our our show responsibilities that we have each and every week. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time again. It is time for you to remove your hats, place your hands over your hearts, and pay homage to the best damn country around, and that being America. Ladies and gentlemen, again, as we do each and every week, paying homage to the greatest country in the world. And I got to tell you guys, I mean, I've been around this. We're actually doing a little bit of research here in the in the, in the Roberts household to figure out how long I've actually been a part of the Russell Talk podcast. And one of the things we go back and we look at it is the idea. I got to find out what I mean. I remember that we also had a, our national anthem provided to us by Carl Lewis as well. Um I want to go back and see exactly, uh, so again, we're getting prepared for episode 400. I want to see what the show was like before we paid homage in this way each and every week. I got to tell you, it's definitely different. And, and again, um, we got um, <clears throat> our, our comment here bringing a tear to the eye each and every week. Again, when I see stuff like that, it reminds me so much of Nightmare Jones. It really does. But who knows? We may see him in two weeks at episode 400. But, guys, i got to tell you right now, there's a lot of things going on in the world of pro wrestling. 
And again, you know somebody else who always keeps us on top of that? That's DJ Money, who's going to be bringing us what we do about this time each and every week right here on the Wrestle Talk podcast. Going to bring us the introduction of the high spot segments of Hardcore Hoss. I know you're ready. Let's go ahead and hit that high spot music so we can get tonight's installment of the high spot segment ready to rock and roll. My check, my check. Yeah. All right, all right. Wrestle Talk Podcast. DJ Money. segment and Sonny I know you got a lot in your mind our pre-show our pre-show meeting that we had to get these topics brought up there were a lot of them but you know something I think tonight besides being multi-talented like I said our guests are very multi-talented and what they bring to the ring they bring to the world outside the ring you know that hardcore Hoss he's a multi-talented guy too really not only can he bring the introductions, not only can he bring the sponsors to us, not only can he bring upcoming events for the FWWC, he also brings a lot of great questions to our meetings each and every week about the high spot segment. And you know what? We're going to shift it up a little bit. Usually it's yourself or myself taking this, taking the lead here tonight. Right. We're throw this over to Hardcore Hoss because he's got some great info too. So Hardcore Hoss, you want to go ahead and start us off tonight with your High spots topic. Well, you know, uh, a lot of the talk is going on about Cody Rhodes and his injury. So, yeah, I almost have to start there. People want to know, is Cody Rhodes' injury fake? Did he fake that or not? And, you know, real quick here, there's a shot of it. You know. Oh. Oh. I know it, it. It could be body paint, but I, I seriously doubt it. That uh, that looks pretty nasty. What do you guys think? Um, I think my facial reaction kind of tells you the story, or at least my story here. I mean, I go back to and, and again, we don't have the, the the graphic. I really should have had that prepared. I apologize for that, gentlemen. I remember back when Triple H tore his pec muscle back at Crown Jewel. And I'm going to tell you right now, when you look at it, I mean, they're so similar. It's not like Cody Rhodes is like, I mean, it's like his entire bicep and tricep and the, and the, and the top of the shoulder. I mean, he's he's openly said that he's supposed to be having surgery on it. I thought it was Thursday, but then they were talking about it last night being Wednesday. I'm going to tell you, personally, I don't think it is. But same token, too, the way some of the things were being said and being worded and how he was kind of alluding to the idea of maybe being able to be back in time for money at the bank, money in the bank, I'm going to tell you right now, looking back at the research, people like John Cena and, and Triple H and I think Elias or Ezekiel or whatever um, was taken anywhere from three to six months. Um, it's It's one of those things where 
when you have that kind of an injury, I mean, especially we're talking about it was torn off the bone. It's one of those where you almost can't do much more to it. But to be able to compete, I I think it's one of those where, me personally, I hope it's not as severe as it it looks. But when it comes down to it, I mean, I think he's definitely – he definitely gutted it out at Hell in a Cell. My question to every person on Twitter, to every person on Facebook, why would he fake it? Why would there be body paint? What 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 would be the whole purpose of it? Even if we were trying to turn it into a storyline, that would be an astronomical dumbass storyline, in my opinion. No, that is not fake. For the love of God. No, that is not fake. And kudos to Cody Rhodes for going out there and having the match he did with Seth Rollins. Because you know what? I peel my toenail back. I'm out of work for like three weeks, okay? So much props to Cody Rhodes. But no goddamn way, man. No way that's fake. No way. Well, you know you something, know- You know something, guys? I, I got to look at it, too. And, and it was another thing that we had talked about before in the high spot segment. Uh, we were preparing for it. Does his performance at Hell in a Cell cement his legacy and his reputation? I mean, that's one of those where, I mean, I'm going to tell you right now. Being a former in-ring competitor, I'm going to tell you right now. If you're going into something hurt, and it's a serious hurt, like a torn pec muscle, or um, I know some people who've competed with partially torn bicep muscles. Uh, I know people have done noticeable damage. I remember back uh, several years ago uh, in Dynamo Pro, there was an individual who made it a point to come back, and and Jeffrey Wilson, uh, Jay Hollywood agreeing with us here as well, uh, came in and and the gentleman didn't even bother to tell anybody until after the match. I believe he had completely torn his ACL. I mean, a complete tear of the muscle. And the man went 15 minutes. And it wasn't like he was just hiding and in, in whatnot because it was a tag team matchup. No, he was bringing the he was bringing the fight forward. And I'm gonna tell you, to me, this screams heart and dedication to the professional wrestling world. And, and I gotta tell you, if it doesn't then I don't know what it takes to cement your legacy. I really don't. I mean, that just looks brutal. And, and I got to tell you, I think that definitely cements him as one of the toughest guys on the roster. Yeah, I mean, everything that he's built since he left WWE six years ago, everything he did with AEW, everything he did on the indies, uh, he definitely changed his image. You know what I mean? From the time he left WWE till now, he's done nothing but get better. He's gotten better on promos. He's gotten better on wrestling matches, so on and so forth. Now, with that being said, the sport of professional wrestling, I cannot think of any other sport where guys go out injured and perform more than professional wrestlers. Not NFL, not hockey, not baseball, not NBA. Now, maybe back in the day, but now athletes are so quick to say, I got a tweet hamstring, I'm out two weeks. As compared to with professional wrestlers, and again, kudos to Cody Rhodes for having that match, but how many wrestlers, Luke Roberts, Hardcore Hoss, do you guys know personally, and Hoss, you, or I'm sorry, Roberts, you just 
gave an example of that. And how many of you guys know personally that go each and every weekend banged up into the ring and still give it 100%? Oh, yeah. So Cody Rhodes easily, easily could have said, hey, Vince, hey, Bruce Pritchard, not feeling it. Torn peck. Sorry. But just like he posted on social media, for the love of the game, for the love of the game, I could have came to you two guys tonight and said, hey, man, I was in XWE Summer Heat in Salina Fieldhouse this weekend. I lost my voice because I was ring announcing, and then I came home and yelled with the kids all weekend. I can't show up to Wrestle Talk Podcast. Guess what? I'm here for the love of the game. So, yes. Yes, it cemented his legacy because I think this will be something that we will still be talking about five, ten years down the road when we bring up Cody Rhodes' name. Hardcore Hoss, your thoughts? I, I agree. It, it did cement his legacy. He, uh, you know, it really shows that he has a lot of heart to go in the ring and wrestle with that type of injury. I know it couldn't have been easy on him. I mean, it, it had to hurt. You could see it. You know, especially like when he tried to lift that sledgehammer and everything, you could see the pain in his face. So I, I really do believe that, uh, you know, it, it, it is real. And then, yes, it did uh, cement his legacy. Well, guys, I got to tell you right now, I had something pop in my head when we were discussing this earlier on. Six, three to six months is the rough ballpark on this. You know, that comes up right around the time of the Royal rumble i'm just gonna leave that there leave that little carrot out there again uh, a lot of a lot of uh shout out there as it relates to cody rhodes hell in a cell torn muscle uh, again having surgery on it this week uh, again gotta gotta give him the, the respect of being inside the squared circle and i agree uh a lot of people talking about it it is not sports entertainment it is professional wrestling, and I think all three of us would agree with that. Speaking of the world of professional wrestling, I got to tell you guys, this is the, the, the next high spots question is going to go to the world of AEW. And you know where I'm going here. Being the media relations director for Dynamo Pro, this is one that would just I, – I, I was sitting in my chair – and I could feel that knot in my stomach just starting to grow whenever I saw MJF on the television last Wednesday on uh, AEW Dynamite. The question's here. How big of an impact on <clears throat> AEW is the MJF debacle? I'm going to tell you right now. If you're going to go out there and you're going to make a statement, and some people said drop a pipe bomb, a la CM Punk. But I'm going to tell you right now, if you're going to make a statement like that, it's almost like he knew exactly when to do it. He knew that the representatives from Warner Brothers were going to be there. He knew all the things that could happen. And he still went out there and just let it go. And I'm going to tell you right now, all the things we've seen already, all of the, the statements and the documents and everything, if this 
isn't that open statement of please let me go? It's one of those things where he definitely is trying to blur the line. And I'm going to tell you right now, on one hand, I see a lot of comparisons between MJF and the late Brian Pillman. But something in the back of my head still says, would Tony Khan, would the executives of AEW, known for kind of breaking that fourth wall, would they take the step forward and let him, I want to say, just knock down the fourth wall? I think he blew up the fourth wall. He, he took and made everything, completely turned it sideways. And I'm going to tell you, if you're trying to get more people behind your product, your fans, yes. But you also got to look at it as a business. Might not have been the best time to make that kind of a judgment. Sonny, your thoughts. As as the founding, <clears throat> founding member of the NWO said, Mr. Hulk Hogan himself, don't work yourself into a shoot and shoot yourself into a work, brother. All right? That is exactly what happened. Meltzer was reporting it. All the, all the dirt sheets were saying that MJF wants his money, and he should get it. Because not just AEW, not New Japan, not MLW, not WWE, MJF is the number one guy with the mic in his hand in professional wrestling today on the mainstream. There might be some guys out there on the indie scene who do it a little bit better. But MJF right now, because every time he has the mic in his hand, those ratings go up. He doesn't even have to have his boots on. He doesn't even have to have a match. He is just making money by talking. Okay? So he wanted to get paid. And I think everybody in professional wrestling, professional wrestling fans knew that. They were following that story closely. So instead of letting Meltzer and all these other guys make all these stories up and what's a work and what's a shoot, what's a shoot, what's a work, so on and so forth. Tony Khan, who's a big wrestling fan himself, he's not just an owner. He's not just some guy who had daddy's money and said, let's make a, a wrestling federation. He's a legit fan. He said, let's let, let me control this narrative. Okay. That's a funny pun there. Control your narrative. But he said, let me control this narrative. I think it was a shoot, and it turned into a work, and they're working all of us, and they're doing a spectacular job on it. And so for the question of this high spots question, I think this has a major, major, major impact on AEW because AEW took all of MJF's, MJF's um, info down from the website they took his matches down so on and so forth you go to anything aw you search mjf nothing pops up you know for a fact mjf's going to show up on tv here in a couple weeks and it's going to be must see tv even more than before so kudos to tony khan kudos to mjf and kudos to everybody involved from taking a shoot and making it a work because they're doing a phenomenal job at it. Phenomenal. And I think this is something that's going to last all summer long. Well, I, I got to agree with you there, uh, Sonny. You know, one thing here, and, and again, it kind of goes into another discussion topic that we had. It's 
like I said, and, and, and Jay Hollywood brought it up too. Controversy creates cash. Yep, absolutely. Creates, that buzz gets people to watch things. And I'm going to tell you right now, I've been a wrestling fan since I was five years old. I remember sitting in my grandparents' living room watching Georgia Championship Wrestling. I'm going to say this right now. It sounds strange. But the biggest interest to me in professional wrestling right now does not come from the WWE. It comes from AEW. It comes from MJF. And that's one of the things you got to look at right now. If this is that avenue, imagine what it would be. And again, I just want to throw this out here. The action in the ring for AEW speaks for itself. MJF is one noticeable piece of the puzzle. But if he is the idea of going to the WWE when his contract's up, it's going to be if they let him be him. This is going to be something that's going to draw attention to the WWE. There are a lot of people who are sleeping through Monday Night Raw who are basically watching SmackDown on their DDRs because it's just there's nothing to really draw the attention of people. And, I mean, you look at it. They're having to bring back John Cena in two weeks in order to be able to get people to pay attention. I'm going to tell you right now, to me, from a business perspective, it does make me nervous. But, again, it goes right into our, into our last high spots question. What will interest you in WWE right now? I'm going to tell you right now, it, it's going to take something. I think it's going to take something bigger than John Cena. It's going to take something bigger than a Dwayne Johnson. It's going to take something bigger than a Hulk Hogan. One of the things that you look at is this. What made the WWE jump to the next level? Back in the early 80s, Hulk Hogan. And that five to six year run of Hulk Hogan being the most recognizable face in professional wrestling. About that time you get to the Attitude Era. And what rivals Hulk Hogan? Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Goes for a number of years. Then you have John Cena, and then you have nothing. Nothing that's drawing people's attention. Now, there are moments where people kind of appear, but the WWE has got to find that one person, as I think Stone Cold Steve Austin says, who turns it up to 11 and be able to deliver. Because right now, I got to say, if you're wanting the you want opinions, you want people to draw their attention, AEW's kind of got that cornered right now. Parkour Hoss, your thoughts? Yeah, I, I agree. I, I'm not sure uh what WWE is gonna do to draw people's attention. And um I know Sonny sent in a uh a graphic that actually generated this question of you know what's gonna draw your attention and uh it's got it there you know with with cody going on the shelf you know what'll interest you now uh because roman's title run you know he his new schedule he's not going to be there what not going to have cody what what do they got i said that's whack it's whack you know know something guys the biggest thing right now and and again i gotta tell you this After last night, the biggest thing drawing me to WWE right now, you're going to find this strange, is Kevin Owens. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's got to be Kev. It's got to be Kevin Owens. It's got to be AJ Styles. You know, I don't think it's so much of is there a superstar on the roster as is as much of it as it is the booking. You know what I mean? And maybe it's a combination of the two. I think what WWE needs to do is they really need to have a good surprise. Give me Bray Wyatt back when it's least, least expected. Give me Braun Breaker in the Money in the Bank match and winning the title from Roman. Give me a surprise. Give me something that's going to put my eyes on WWE. Kudos to them. Kudos to WWE for having the shakeup with Finn Balor and, 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 and him becoming the leader of the Judgment Day and them kicking Edge out. Now, should they have dragged that storyline maybe a little bit more? Couple, you know, we should have squeezed the juice out of that all the way, of that, of that Judgment Day storyline in which they didn't. But, I, I mean, there's so much talent on the roster. It's just the guys behind the scenes, I feel like, who are not quarterbacking them right. So maybe it's too much scripted promos or I don't, I don't know what it is, but there's, again, there's really nothing on WWE television that I'm like, man, that's must see TV right now. I'll, I'll still watch WWE, but again, like you stated, Luke Roberts, I'm half asleep through Monday night raw. I, 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 my wife's yelling at me. She can't watch her shows because I've got like 10 Smackdowns recorded and I probably watch five of them. Like, I mean, there's what, what's there, you know what I mean? So it's gotta be a curveball. It's got to be a curveball from WWE, especially this summer, because concerning our last topic with MJF and now CM Punk injured and, and, and the whole thing with the title, like AEW is just kind of – they're starting to pull away from WWE, in my opinion. And the the ratings might say different. The ratings might say different, but, you know, hey, coming into the summer, AEW has got a little bit more better storylines going than, than WWE. So hopefully someone in WWE steps up to the plate do not give me John Cena in a match at the main event at SummerSlam. I don't want that. <laughs> well, I got to tell you right now, Sonny, I think, and you mentioned it earlier, I don't think we've seen the end of the Judgment Day and Edge. I think there's still a few more twists and turns in this. And, again, I think it was it was a good shock. Yeah. I mean, again, seeing Edge, who's really building this group coming forward. And, you know, it could be one of those things where the end result is it was all a part of this plan. Again, not putting it out there, but, I mean, again, I kind of am too. You talk about surprises, and that's one of the things I think that the WWE definitely needs to throw out there. And I know that the WrestleTalk podcast has surprises, but we're going to keep those for episode 400. Again, Jay Hollywood bringing the one-liners tonight that are right on point. The idea of it's NWO at Bash in the Beach all over again. Again, Jay, Jay Hollywood just putting a nice pretty little bow on everything tonight he he again we might need to get him here on the program we need to it's long overdue to have you on the program jay hollywood you know you are a part of the wrestle talk podcast family i appreciate you tuning in each and every tuesday and dropping comments and being part of the show we need to get you on the cam on the mic and, and get you on here man and talk some wrestling so after episode 400, we're going to get that going, man. I'm telling you. Well, you know something right now, guys? I mean, again, we got a lot of great things here. But one of, the, one of the things that really makes us stand out are the guests. And tonight, I know our first guest has been waiting patiently for the last few minutes. And you know, guys, we always strive to bring you the best in professional wrestling content. 
we always strive to bring you the best in guests. And I got I to gotta give my kudos here this week to Sonny Money. Sonny Money has been scouring the professional wrestling world, looking for names and faces of people who you may not know now, but by the time they're done on the Wrestle Talk podcast or somebody you're going to pay attention to, that you're going to pay a little more respect, a little more knowledge of. And Sonny Money, I know you got a great introduction set up, so I'm going to go ahead because I don't want to make mistakes tonight. I'm just thankful I've been 36 minutes and not have my microphone shut down on me. So at this point, I'm going to go ahead and turn things over to Sonny Money to, with the introduction of our first guest here tonight on episode 398. Well, I do appreciate that, Fly Walker. Um, and just a heads up on the coffee meter, I am at number seven, gentlemen. I am at number seven for our first guest of the evening. And this is a gentleman that I've been following on social media. He is from my hometown of Philadelphia, so I play a little bit of favoritism to him. But he is the Enterprise Live Wire champion. He is one of the founding members of the Black Hand Society. He's the strangler out of Philadelphia. Ladies and gentlemen, it is not King Eric Black like we have it. Let me correct it. It is Lord Eric Black. Lord Eric Black, welcome to the wrestle. No colors anymore. I want them to turn What a dope thing. What a dope thing. Lord Eric Black. Oh, you got me right. Welcome to the Russian Talk Podcast. Thank you. Got me right some violence tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, man. How are you? How's your Tuesday night going out there in Philly? Well, you know, I'm not getting, I'm not out here getting shot, so you know, I'm uh, I'm okay. I'm dodging the bullets. Yeah, yeah, man. I know how it goes, bro. Uh, my, uh, I was born in Jersey. I was raised in Northeast Philly, up in the Taconi area, off of Frankfurt Ave. Luckily, I'm out here in Kansas City with the cows and the farmers and everything, so I'm cool out here. But, <laughs> but I'm still just as much of a professional wrestling fan as I was when I was a kid, going down to ECW, as I am now as a 35 year old doing Wrestle Talk podcast being a ring announcer, so on and so forth. And again, like I stated in the intro, man, I've been following your career on Facebook, man, and you've been doing so, so, so many great things in the world of professional wrestling. But I want to know, what is your origins? Where did you start out? What made you decide that, hey, professional wrestler, I'm going to come in there and take that game over like you're doing right now. What what, what, what gave you that bug? We're, we're, talk to us about your beginnings of uh, you getting into professional wrestling. Well, first of all, I wanted to thank you and Hardcore. I, I, I appreciate being on the show, man. I, I was catching up on the prior episodes. Fucking great shit. I um, I started off in uh, CZW in the academy in the dojo before it was uh, what they got over there in Blackwood when it was uh, at the South Philly Arena. And yep. uh, I used to I used to do music. I used to do rap, like back when they did the uh, the little DVDs in the early two thousands. Oh yeah. And, uh, Back then, I wanted to do wrestling, and uh, the only thing I heard was the uh, School of Hardcore, the uh, ECW school. And then I heard it moved to New York, and then I uh, wanted to give my hand to it and it shut down. And I talked to DJ Hyde and uh, Maven Bentley, 
and he started me down there and I had this uh <clears throat> gimmick where I was a uh, Blackie Sanchez and I came out with Pinky and yep. uh, from there and from there you know what I mean you get your lumps and your bruises and I used to love that wrestling back then because like back then uh, let me tell you man you go in there and you got guys like brain damage you got guys like Nick Gage Nate Hatred uh, the list goes on Thumbtack Jack Sammy Callahan John Moxley all these guys are just violent and I'll come in there and I come to training, and I fear for my life. Like these guys was, you know, Saturday I come, talk to you in the locker room, and you be like, oh, okay, this is a nice guy. And then he go out there, fucking put a fish hook in his mouth, or fucking uh, panes of glass and thumbtacks and just all sorts of shit. Like just, God, I love that fucking violence, man. And yeah, uh, so from I'm, there, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Keep going. Keep going. I didn't mean to mess up your flow. Please keep going. Oh, no, no, no. I was just saying, like, uh, from there, I just got the, the, the taste of violence. And I'm just glad that, uh, you know, I did my tag team thing. I did my couple years on my tag team shit. And now I'm just, man, every every show, I'm just looking for more ways to inflict violence. Like, so, so much of the curtain's been pulled back. The one thing that's not getting pulled back is the violence. Like, you can't sit there and try and explain certain acts of violence. And, like, right now, that's that's that gets me off right now. Bro, I so so I moved out to Kansas City out in the early two thousands, but I would still go back to Philly in the summer. And I remember the summer of two thousand three, I went back to Philly and seeing CZW on the local forty eight channel, forty eight TV. I was like, yo, I got to go down to the arena and check this out. And I remember seeing Chris Chris Cash, rest in peace to Chris Cash, doing crazy shit down there. I remember Nick Gage and Nate Hatry coming out as the Hate Club. Like CZW in them early 2000s was something special, bro. No, no doubt about it. It was something special. So for you to be able to come up in that era right there and, and get trained by a lot of those guys in that same locker room, to me, that's something special. And like that, that goes along with them ECW years. Like that's some shit that you can never recreate. Yes, of course, there's death matches nowadays. But right then and there at that time, that was something that really wasn't seen and it was a really innovative. You know what I mean? So, so those are, those guys were almost like the founding fathers and founding members of bringing ultra violence, bringing death matches to the public eye. So, I mean, I, I think that's phenomenal, but um, you know, kind of switch it up here. So you talked about tag team wrestling. Let's talk a little bit about that, man. What, what, what was up with your tag team wrestling? Well, I, uh, I was one half of the gunners and, uh, one of the guys that I had came up with, Tyreno, we had uh, we were doing shows and, you know, he was like doing the heavyweight and I was doing the uh, cruiserweight stuff at the time. And, uh, you know, it was fine. You know, we did places like, you know, 1CW and the Monster Factory and, you know, we go to like the Ring of Honor tryouts and all this other stuff. And, you know, Lancaster, York, we was doing all this and. You know, it was uh, it was fun. We wanted to get some uh, tag teams. The only tag team that escaped us locally was the Briscoes. Like, I really wanted the Briscoes, but right, it just never lined up, right? But um, the tag well, team stuff, man. So it's something about tag team wrestling. Like when you can sit there and you can put your thoughts as one. Like I don't, where I don't have to sit there and I don't have to like uh, talk to you verbally. You throw him in the ring. You take a look at me, and I'm like. I know you want me to kick his fucking head off. That's right. Put it right there. You know what I mean? Like that. I love that, man. I love tag team wrestling. I, and, uh, I, and, uh, 
me and my partner, we had run like 13 like local titles around here. It was uh it was fun, but it was time for a change. So do you but do you miss tag team wrestling? Because you know what? Everybody gets so hyped about singles wrestlers, and of course, as as a singles wrestler, you're promoting yourself. But I just feel like on the independent scene, there's so many few and far, maybe not today, but back in those early 2000s and to the 2010s and starting that decade, on the independent scene, I felt like there was only so many few and uh, prominent tag teams. Do you, do you do you miss that tag team, uh, tag team wrestling? And do you guys wish you would have went further with that? Or are you happy you guys split off in the singles? I mean, like, locally, I, I feel like locally we went through everybody. I feel like the only tag team that escaped us was the Briscoes, to right. be honest with you. you know, we did right. Blackout. We did uh, Riot City. We did, like, pretty much uh, everybody. We, we had the rep. You know what I mean? They're, like, pretty much all the tag teams locally we, we ran through. So, like, now singles-wise, singles like, I just had a match against uh, Fandango. Like, it was, like, three weeks ago. And that was interesting. <laughs> You know, I had Shane Douglas. You know what I mean? It's just, uh, you know what I mean? Like, the singles shit is just so much, uh, so much to do. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, but the sad part is, like, with the tag team wrestling, like, right now, it's just a bunch of, like, random guys just doing. He gets in. He do his moveset. He comes in. He does his moveset. There's no, like, cohesiveness. You know what I mean? Like, that part's missing from the game. That part makes me wish that I was still doing tag team sometimes. Right. The show, the show, how it's done, the show, how you guys flow naturally and how a tag team is supposed to flow naturally. It's almost like finishing each other's words, so on and so forth. Because I know back in the days, man, in them old school tag team wrestling eras, tag teams would travel with each other. They were staying at the same hotels. They were on the road. They were eating together. So because it showed when they got in the ring that they were on the same page with each other. They're not showing up in separate cars at the arena and, oh, okay, you know, so on and so forth, and then going back to their separate lives. So, But I see my man Luke Roberts over here. Luke, I want you to be able to jump in and, and talk to Eric Black here, man. Hey, what's Why, up, Luke? How you doing? I'm doing wonderful, Eric, and thank you for joining us on the program. Um, I've got a question for you here, and we're going to go from – Tag team wrestling to a, a group that's very important to you, the Black Hand Society. And from what we, we had done our research and looking at the idea of you've been a tag team wrestler for many years and you make the decision to start the Black Hand Society. Can you kind of give us a little bit as to why or how the Black Hand Society came into existence? Absolutely. So the first person is Raina Black. And I've been watching Raina Black ever since he started training over there in New Jersey and Tinsalkin. And, like, you want to talk about a girl that'll knock your fucking block off. It's her. I've seen her dump many men on their heads. I've seen her beat everybody up from Ellsworth to Giants. And I was like, I need a girl like that by me. A girl that can go out there. And guess what? This guy who's supposed to be tagging with me, he's not here. She'll step in. Like, that is the toughest girl that you will find, bar none. And then you got Jay Baller and you got Kid Mike, two guys that will, they're the type of guys where if this was the 70s and Luke, me and you, we went out to go get a beer. And then it was like five guys that came up or matter of fact, not five. If it was like 10 guys that came up, those, those two would take care of nine and me and you could just beat the shit out of one guy. Those are the type of guys that we are. Fucking great tag team coming up. And so we got them with us. 
And as a group right now, we're looking for any and everybody. We're sitting there throwing out challenges to different promotions. And we got some stuff coming up. We just had this piece of brawl thing where it was like paddles and pizza cutters and all sorts of weird shit going on. Love that violence. I just need a group. You see, the problem with wrestling today, a lot of it's sanitized. And what I was saying before, when I used to go back to training days and you would fear for your life, you'd be surprised the training schools you go to now, and it's like they coddle you. They damn near put a helmet on you and tell you, here you go, here's a bump. I want that violence. I want that I want that dangerous feeling back in wrestling again. I want to go to wrestling and sit there and be afraid to sit in the first row, not sit there and fucking uh, – it's okay to curse, right? Of course it is. Yeah, you're good. So you're is, good. I just want that violence back, and the Black Hand Society is going to bring that violence back. Well, I got to tell you right now, I mean, again, I know firsthand being a veteran for as many years as I have been, I know that there's times when the the aggression level, the violence level does need to get ramped up a few notches. And I want to say something that really kind of registered with me. The idea of tag teams being able to stick together and know each other very, very well. Here's my question for you. This is going to be a little bit of a detour, but I think you're going to see where I'm at. It seems like you've got the tag team of the Black Hand Society. You have the the female side of the Black Hand Society, and we have yourself being the singles component. I've got to ask you right now, so kind of a three-part question. Number one, if you were going to give the Black Hand Society three matches against a team that would really kind of set the bar or showcase the ability of the Black Hand Society. Who would you have your uh, fellow members compete against? Let's look at Raina Black, first of all. Who would you want to see Raina Black compete against? And this could be anybody. Anybody. Uh, I'll even throw it out there. Past or present. Past, present. Out there on the Philly side, if you know anybody out in California in the Indies, anybody, anybody you think, anybody that comes to your mind, that perfect matchup. Well, I'll just stick to somebody that like people can, uh, they'll easily be able to identify with. You see, I've seen Raina Black go against Nyla Rose in the past, and that was good. And Nyla then stepped her game up a hell of a lot. I would love to see her run that shit back. I would love that. I would also love to see her go against someone like Chris Statlander. I think they would fucking just rip the fucking doors off the building. And as far as the tag team, somebody that would be uh, perfect for the black hand, I'm still going to say the Briscoes. Like, to me, those are still the top guys. You know what I mean? I feel like those guys right there, and I feel Kid Mike and Jay Ballin can sit in there, and they can go in there and mix it up with them and get just as violent. Okay, now we got to leave the question out here. You've talked about tag teams. You've talked about the, the, the female wrestlers. Let's look at you. You've talked about the idea that you wanted to, one of the teams you wanted to compete against but never had the chance was the Briscoes. Now looking at it with you being by yourself, kind of as a leader, if you will, of the Black Hand Society, who do you put yourself up against? It's going to sound funny because <laughs> – you know, I'm all about the violence. But if I can have a dream opponent, somebody to really showcase, it'd be Will Ospreay, without a shadow of a doubt. You see, because 
a lot of people will sit there and be like, oh, but he does this. And it's like all the, the cutesy shit, all the stuff that I just told you about, like all the it's so clean. It's so sanitized. It's so crisp. But you know what? I want to go in there. I want to catch him off that springboard and fucking nail him right in the fucking face. I want to be, when he sit there and does all that circus salace bullshit, I want to be sitting there waiting for him with a knee right to the fucking jaw. Well, I got to tell you right now, when you're looking at you and I, I mean, again, granted, I'm coming from the Midwest. You're coming from the East Coast. You and I think a lot alike. The idea where, I mean, again, being a pro wrestler, there's a time and a place for all the the hurricanes and the arm drags and the and the head scissor takeovers and things like that, but sometimes when it comes down to it, when you're doing all this cool stuff, uh, getting a, a boot in the midsection or a knee in the jaw or something like that, that's going to change the complexion of a wrestling match 180 degrees. And again, oh, yeah. when you mentioned that, I could visually and, and I have to give props to my broadcast colleague Sunny Money on this, comparing what I've seen of you. And a Will Ospreay, I have a feeling that's be a matchup that a lot of people would want to see, just because, like I said, all this aerial expertise versus somebody who can just literally bring that that blood and guts, gritty, take no prisoners kind of offense. That'd be a matchup that would really interest me. It really would be because I think, like I said, to me, I've always looked at it from the idea a great mat wrestler, a great technician a great person who can handle themselves in the ring, I think is always going to win over an aerial wrestler. I think that would definitely be a great strategy. No, I agree with you on that, Luke. I really do. But I kind of want to switch gears here with you, Lord Eric Black. And again, my, my bad on the King. I know you were the King at one time, but now we're switching it to the Lord. So we're going to address that correctly. But, you know, your expertise being straight up fucking violence and just punching people in the head and throwing them through fucking glass tables and all that shit. What is your thoughts now on GCW becoming more of that mainstream deathmatch wrestling? Because deathmatch wrestling five years ago, like a GCW, wouldn't be getting put on pay-per-view. You'd have to go through the the, the, you'd have to go through the trading. You know what I mean? Like, I'm a, I'm, I'm the late 90s kid. I was doing the Rob Feinstein fucking trading videos with Japan and, you know, seeing Onita shit. But now that Deathmatch Wrestling is becoming so much more prominent because of social media and word of mouth and all that. What's your, what's your thoughts on that now? That, that now people are able to lay eyes on a promotion and like you said, it's not all that cute shit. It's not that it's not that Hogan shit. It's not, you know what I mean? People are out here getting smacked in the mouth and getting fucking dropped on their head and all that. What's your thoughts on, on Deathmatch Wrestling just becoming out there in the mainstream like that? Everything runs its course. And then, you know, you got sitting, you're sitting there, you're looking at the people that really pull the strings backstage. And it's like, you know, oh, we're the internet darlings. And then it's like, you know, we want to be more mainstream. We want more money. And I get it. You know what I mean? But they're only going to stay niche for so long. Like ECW was what? Bloody as fuck for how many years? And then it went to TNN and it started getting diluted. And then after a while, it became what it became. The same thing right. goes for all the companies. It just, it just happens. It's up to another company to come along and then become the new blood and guts, the new violence. It just it runs in circles. So I mean, do I? I mean, honestly, I think they should stick their flag into what they've been doing. Keep the violence, keep the fucking gore. But you know, 
it happens. And they'll just they'll move up and they'll become that soap and water shit. And then someone else will come along and they'll take their flag. It happens every couple of years. And that's the thing I noticed with GCW as compared to the early years as compared to now. You know what I mean? It's it's kind of it's kind of watered down a little bit. And 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 not so much out here in the Midwest, not over in St. Louis where Flywalker is, not in Kansas City where I'm at. Because here in Kansas City, it's still that Harley race wrestling. And which is fine. That's fine. I, I'm able to take my kids to that. You know what I mean? But when I go back home to Philly to visit my pops and everybody, you know, I get that taste in my mouth that I want to see some fucking the shit that the East Coast is known for. Because it's really, yeah. they, they weren't doing that shit out on the West Coast before XPW. You know what I mean? Like, they weren't doing that at all. It, that, that shit's East Coast or, or, or originated. Really, Philly originated. You know what I mean? So, um, but but talk to me about some of these, you know, you said uh, new promotions will come along and, and bring that blood and guts. Do you see a promotion that is kind of on the rise there in the Philly area, in the Jersey area, on the East Coast area anywhere that, that is more for your style? Not really over here. That's why I'm expanding out. That's why I'm sitting here <clears throat> and I'm doing like shows in West Virginia and I'm sitting there talking to Tennessee and I'm considering some tournaments that I'm hearing about that's supposed to be happening soon. So like, I mean, locally, not right now, nothing like really, I haven't seen anything that's going to come up and take it, but it's out there somewhere. There's a show where there's like 50 people in there and they're getting their fucking brain scrambled. It's just, we haven't seen it yet, but it's coming. Right. Oh, it's definitely, it's definitely fucking coming. And again, like I said, man, that, you know, I've had this argument with uh, one of our main co-hosts, the night owl, who was actually supposed to be hosting the night, but he's still finished. He's finishing up his vacation down in Florida. And night owl is not a fan of deathmatch wrestling. And I was, the last time I hosted two weeks ago, I sat here and defended it through tooth and fucking nail. I said, listen, there is a taste for wrestling for everybody, for everybody. There's major wrestling. There's just women's wrestling. There's drop you on your head, strong style wrestling. And then there's wrestling that Lord Eric Black is bringing. Oh, yeah. So I I, I want to say officially, Eric, Lord Eric Black, I want to say officially, I believe within probably the past 20 to 25 episodes, you're one of the most hardcore, take no shit wrestlers. In the deathmatch scene that's came on Russell Talk podcast, so you should feel you know you should feel pride on that man because like I said we we got another co-host who's all about that goody two shoes wrestling, not necessarily love you night out you know I don't mean that big dog but um, but so as far as your career goes from here on out, is that what it's just going to strictly be? Is it just going to be strictly bring that fucking hardcore violent shit in your face, or could you end up seeing yourself? doing some chain wrestling or doing some matches like that? I mean, I've, I've been sat here and I didn't talk to like guys over there at AEW and I didn't talk to people over there at uh, NXT and I'm sitting here and I'm getting told, you know, Hey, you know, right now there's a freeze and like, Hey, you know, when something opens up and you know, Hey, talk to this guy, talk to that guy, I pass this along. I'll tell you what I know for sure. I know one, I'm going to get a couple of shows this month. Two, I know I'm going to get a couple of shows next month. And they're going to be violent, each one of them. Because I'm going to try some shit on this show. I'm going to try some shit on that show. You see, the thing that got me into wrestling was like 
just violence. The deathmatch shit is cool. I'm talking about violence, like uh, the the Stone Cold Bret Hart WrestleMania match. You know how it wasn't pretty, but it was fucking violent. The ring girl is choking with the rope. Just the just the the, the the everything about that match. It was just violent. It wasn't pretty. I like that. The shit in mid uh, the mid nineties uh, on ECW. The shit Taz did. The shit Shane did. The shit Bigelow did. Fucking violence at its best. I like that type of shit. When I think about the shit like with Thumbtack Jack, and I sit there and think about Nick Gage from the mid two thousand, early two thousands. That's my type of wrestling. Listen, I love the four fifty flip, and I love the fucking springboard. I even do a couple springboards and flips when I feel like it, just for shit right. and giggles. But if the time comes and I got to like dip into that wrestling bag, make no mistakes about it, I'll chain my ass off. But right now. I'd rather fight. That's dope. And not, not a lot of wrestlers want to bring that fucking noise to the, you know what I mean? So many people are just, uh, I don't want to say scared to, to, to be that out front about it, but that's dope that you're doing that. I'm sitting here checking out the comic section and it looks like you're just getting people popping off, bro. There's so many people. Again, we originate out of the Midwest. Uh, the guy behind the scenes doing the ones and twos on the music, our boy Hardcore Haas, he's out there in West Virginia. But again, out here in the Midwest, there's a lot of that violence and there's a lot of that stiff wrestling, but it's not a lot of the fucking violence that you're talking about. So I'm, again, I'm so happy that you're bringing that noise to Russell Talk podcast. But I know my man Luke has probably got a couple things here. He wants to get off his chest also. I don't want to take up his time either. Oh, well, I, I, I sit there and look at it. I mean, again, when you talk about the, like the 95 to 2000, 2001 of the hardcore style, you know, one of the things that really kind of registers with me and how you talk about it all goes in cycles. I think about wrestling uh, wrestlers like Terry Funk, and I'm not talking the 95 ECW Terry Funk. I'm talking like in, in, in Memphis and in countless other places where he would bleed buckets. In, in matchups and, and things along those lines. And again, that's one of those things. A lot of people say hardcore doesn't have a place. To me, I look at it, it was there in the past. It just wasn't as publicized. It wasn't as but as promoted as it is today. And I mean, again, you can go out there. And again, I agree. I know the idea of all the flips and the flying and all whatnot. But there's times when you just got to bring it to somebody and say enough's enough. It's time to... Time to throw down. And it's just one of those where I could very much, I'm going to tell you right now, looking at someone like Lord Eric Black, looking like the Black Hand Society, this group of people is one of those groups of people that when they get inside the square circle, you know they're not going to take anything from anybody. And they're going to bring the fight each and every time they come to the ring. And I got to tell you, the names that have been talked about, and there's a lot of promotions here in the Midwest Maybe we, we could start seeing the Black Hand Society tour of the Midwest. You talked about talking to promoters in Tennessee, Indiana. I mean, Illinois, there's a lot of great promotions here in the Midwest. That I know would be absolutely wanting. They would be salivating at the chance of having the Black Hand Society brought in. Now, Sonny and, 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 and Lord, uh, your lordship, I want to throw this at you. Uh, every week we have what's called the high spot. We have the high spot segment. We also have the shoot and shout. It gives us an opportunity to vent what's on our mind. It doesn't have to be wrestling related. It does, it doesn't. And we got Hardcore Hoss joining us back in here as well. I really want to hear 
I mean, again, we've had the opportunity. If you've liked tonight's program thus far, make sure to share it with your friends, like it, follow us on social media. But I really want to see what's on the mind of your lordship. I'm, I, 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 I know Sonny's got things on his mind. I know Hardcore Hoss does each and every week. Um, Lord Eric Black, give me one, hold one second, Sonny. Would you be willing to participate in this week's uh, Shoot and Shout segment? Let's fucking talk wrestling. I would love to. <laughs> All right. Well, like I said, Hardcore Hoss, I think we're ready here. Sonny Money, you got anything else to say before we go into Shoot and Shout? I was going to say how we're going to do this Shoot and Shout segment, gentlemen, is we're, I, I, um, I don't care of us three who goes first, but let's let our guest go last because I want him to bring that fucking noise because I know he's going to. And Eric, Lord Eric Black, do me a, do me a huge, huge favor, man. After your shoot and shout segment, drop all your info. Drop everything you want to drop as far as where we can find you on social media and promote where you're going to be at next because I want everybody who's watching Russell Talk Podcast out there on the East Coast, go see Lord Air Black. Go see the Black Hand Society. They're, they're going to fuck some people up in that building that night. That's a fucking fact. And I want you guys to see it firsthand. So we're going to get the shoot and shout going. Lord Eric Black, you're going to be the last one to kick that off on the shoot and shout. After your shoot and shout, drop your social media where you can find where we can find you online. And then also give us a promotion on where you're going to be at in the near future. Does that sound good, Hardcore Hoss? Sounds good to me. All right, Hardcore Hoss, go ahead and hit it. It's just one of those days when you don't want to wake up. Everything is fucked, everybody sucks You don't really know why, but you want to justify Ripping someone's head off, no human contact And if you interact, life's on contract Your best bets to stay away, motherfucker It's just one of those days It's all about the he says, she says, All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the, the Shoot and Shout segment this week on the Russell Talk Podcast I gotta tell you, I'm looking forward to this Hardcore Hoss You've been kind of the leader tonight, and I want to go ahead and throw it to you. You're going to be the first one here on tonight's episode of the Shoot and Shout segment. Tell us what's on your mind. Well, uh, let's see. Right now, my, my biggest thing is I know everybody's got their own opinions, but if you got an opinion, you don't have to air it out to everybody. If you don't like something, turn the damn channel. Okay, very much so. Sunny money, I'm gonna throw it to you, my friend. Communication. I'm tired of everybody in this world not being on the same page with their close friends, their loved ones, their colleagues. If you got something to say, look that person in the eye and fucking say it. Don't wait until the last second. Don't say it behind their fucking back. I don't like that. I pride myself on good communication. I might, I might, I might not do a lot of things right. But that's one thing I do do right is communication. So everybody out there with your loved ones, with your coworkers, so on and so forth, any type of relationship you got, make sure that communication is key and working. That's what I got. Well, I got to tell you right now, guys, mine's kind of a combination of the two here, plus a lot of what our Lordship has been talking about here earlier on. I've always been a believer inside the ring of two or four, depending on what you're going to have inside the ring or competing. The biggest thing is I have seen so many people over 35 years who, who, like we said earlier on, phone it in. You get inside that squared circle, you need to bring it each and every time. And again, it's one of those things where that's the thing to me that I want to see. I want to see more people going in there and just leaving it all on the line right inside the squared circle. Make sure you're bringing it 
every time you get in the ring. Your Lordship, Eric Black, we're going to go ahead and throw it to you. What's on your mind, good sir? I'm tired of the world being so gotten, the world of professional wrestling, everyone being so soft. I'm getting tired of hearing, oh, this guy right here, he's uh, like the backstage politics. I'm tired of, goddamn, like just, I'm trying to put it into proper words because I don't want to sit there and <clears throat> misquote myself. But I'm tired of like just the, the the negativity in the locker rooms. Like, like I told you before, I'm all about let's do this in the ring. But there's so much politics in the back, and I can't fucking stand it. It's sickening. I kind of actually want to go into shit, but I don't want to bring in too many fucking names. But just politics and just fragile fucking egos. Unfortunately, I think as long as professional wrestling exists. Politics will always be there, Lord Eric Black. So, but I feel you. I agree with you 100%. I don't like the politics. Again, I think that'll kind of tie down in what my thing is that communication. Just look each other in the eye and say what you fucking mean and mean what you say. You know what I mean? Just so, be a man. But listen, Eric Black, again, I followed you for so long on social media and following your career. I'm definitely going to continue to follow your career. I promise you, I will be hitting you up next time I'm in Philly. Hopefully you're in Philly, Jersey, Delaware, Maryland area fucking kicking someone's head off because I'm going to pay the ticket. I'm going to come down to see you. I'm going to see the Black Hand Society continue to wreck shit out there on the East Coast. But please do me a favor. Tell me where we can find you in these upcoming month, month and a half, two months. And also drop your social media because so, I know you gained a couple fans here on Russell Talk Podcast. All right. So go ahead and tell us where we can find you and drop that social media. So I want to say, Luke, hardcore, Sonny, it's been a pleasure. I appreciate it. I like you motherfuckers. I just want to put that out there. And uh, you can catch me on Instagram at uh, Eric X Black. On Twitter, it's the same, Eric X Black. Same thing on Facebook. Uh, you can catch me at uh, HWT taking on their super crazy champion or so. I'm a fucking murderous guy. But that's uh, June 25th on Del uh, 1030 Delcy Drive. And then there's... Uh, uh, what is it? Enterprise next month on uh, July 25th in West Virginia. And then there's uh, Amplified Wrestling uh, on the 31st. Uh, and that's up there in uh, Virginia as well. And there's a couple other shits that's going on. But those are the ones. Uh, those are the next ones on my hit list. Well, again, man, thank you so fucking much for coming on Russell Talk Podcast. I'm so, yo, again, anybody out there on the East Coast? There ain't no damn reason you should be going to see Black Hand Society. None. Zero. Zilch. All right, COVID. That shit ain't fucking fuck COVID, man. Go see Black Hand <laughs> Society. Watch them kick somebody's head the fuck off, all right? Eric Black, thank you again. And as we do with each and every one of our guests, I want to officially welcome you to the Wrestle Talk podcast family, man. You are part of the family now. We got episode 400 coming up here in two weeks after that. We're going to be looking to bring in new guests, and we're going to be looking to bring back some former guests, and I hope you're one of the former guests who comes back and joins us, and we can keep talking about all that hardcore, violent shit that you like, all right? As long as you got that door open, I'll walk through and I'll throw a body through it. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Thank you very much. Lord Eric Black here on the Russell Talk Podcast this Real evening. Quick, before you go, uh, what area of West Virginia – do you know what area those shows are going to be in in West Virginia? Offhand, I don't. 
<laughs> but it's on my social media. I post I post a lot. I post often, so it's on there. All right. I will have to check that out. Uh, I'm actually right around the Virginia, West Virginia, Maryland border, so uh, maybe I can go ahead and uh, head down that way and see you when you're there. Absolutely. We have a shirt waiting for you, brother. Come on out. Watch us murder some people. All right. Sounds good. Welcome to the family. Thank you. Thank you, guys. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Lord Eric Black of the Black Hand Society here on the Russell Talk Podcast. And I'm going to tell you right now, really good first hour. I mean, again, I want to say thank you to all those great folks that have been posting comments and sharing the Russell Talk Podcast throughout social media land. It's been a great first hour. And Hardcore Hoss, I know our second guest is going to be joining us here in just a few minutes. But there's somebody I need to get to, somebody we need to bring on the program, a man that's well-known in the world of the Russell Talk podcast. He's extremely well-known in the FWWC. And at this time, it's my esteemed honor and privilege to once again be joined here on the Russell Talk podcast by my friend, my colleague, my confidant himself, the CEO, the head administrator of the Fantasy Wrestling Worldwide Chapter. Let's go ahead and bring him up here on the screen. Hopefully we can bring him up here on the screen. Mr. Roberts, how you doing tonight? You got hardcore hoss of the FWWC. Well, you know something, friend? I'm totally I'm totally excited to hear what you got going on with the FWWC Challenge. And again, Normally, we have uh, the, the head administrator, the CEO, Dewan Mills here. But tonight, Hardcore Hoss is going to be bringing us the info. So tell you what, Hardcore Hoss, I'm going to go ahead and turn things over to you. I'm going to go ahead and take just a minute here. We're going to talk with our next uh, guest in just a couple minutes. So Hardcore Hoss, I'm going to go ahead and throw things over to you so we can bring us up to date on the Friday Night Challenge right here with the FWWC and the Russell Talk Podcast. All right, Mr. Roberts, we will see you shortly. FWWC. Well, that's right. You got the one, the only hardcore hoss here. You know, I know it was supposed to be the CEO, but unfortunately he can't make it tonight. So he called up Hoss and said, Hoss, you know, can, can you fill in for me? We're, we're in a pinch. So I, I kindly agreed to fill in for him and be here and announce the matches for Friday night in the FWWC. So let's go ahead and get to those matches. Mr. Mills sent me the card there. And as you can see, it looks like we got a pretty good card here for Friday night. We're going to have a fatal four-way top three scores. Evan Lash versus Mr. Swag. Versus Saint versus Big T. Then we're going to have ourselves an FWWC tag team tournament. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. If you've been paying attention to the thread, you needed to reply to Mr. Mills so that he could put you in this tournament. So for round one of the tournament, you, we will see the Assassin Syndicate. New tag team. They're really hot right now, and they will be going against the Convergence. 
So that should be an interesting match. Looking forward to it. Then we're going to see the Lucha Legends versus Holy Hell. I've been in the ring with Holy Hell myself, and I've been in the ring with the members of Lucha Legends, and that ought to be a pretty good match because, you know, they they can all be some tough competitors. And then we got our main event, Spartans Heart number one contender, Sudden Death Match. That ought to be a good one. We got the Battle Cat versus James Butkus. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, my former tag team partner, James Butkus, and the Battle Cat. So we got a lot of good matches lined up there for Friday night. So I'll be watching. Let's see some of those promos. I'm looking forward to seeing the fire. As we see Hardcore Hoss sitting on the card, I'll have to uh, talk to the CEO about that. And Mr. Justice, you got a lot of stuff coming from Hardcore Hoss. So that's Friday night's card, ladies and gentlemen. Be sure to tune in. It doesn't look like our, uh, oh, wait, I'm starting to see them come back here. So let's go ahead and uh, bring our hosts back in here for the Wrestle Talk podcast. You know, Sonny Money Mayo and Luke Roberts. I was here, Hardcore Hoss. I'm sitting here in in the Luke Roberts office. I was here the whole time. Sonny Money, he was here the whole time. No, well, well, I, I was here, but I wasn't here. Okay, I'm getting messages in my inbox. People blowing up about the Black Hand Society, man. We just gained a bunch of Black Hand Society members and and fans for the Wrestle Talk podcast by having Lord Eric Black on in the first hour, man. What, Walker? What you think of Lord Eric Black? We we've got all sorts of different wrestlers that come on Wrestle Talk podcast. We haven't had someone that gritty and raw in a long fucking time, my friend. Well, I'm gonna tell you right now, uh, Stunning Money. We got a lot of great people that have come on the program, and Lord Eric Black definitely bringing his his own uh, personality and style to the Wrestle Talk podcast. You know, something I was looking at too, guys, in the first hour, uh, we had a lot. Of, I mean, Dynamo Pro, XWE, uh, WDWA here, just represented uh, on a regular basis here tonight. But, I mean, again, we had uh, SICW's been in the house. Uh, Powerhouse Wrestling Extreme has been in the house tonight. Uh, we've got a lot of people from across the country viewing into the WrestleTalk podcast. I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for bringing in everything that needs to be done and taken care of here, right here each and every week on the WrestleTalk podcast. And, guys, you don't want to hear tons of talking from us. You want to hear tons of talking about professional wrestling. And I'm going to tell you right now here in just a moment, and I know for a fact that he's already, I, I believe, in the green room. Am I correct, Harker Ross? Uh, I do not see him at the moment. All right. Well, we're going to be in just a minute. We're going to be joined by uh, the big man himself, Kay Toomer. I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, Sonny, this man right here uh, got got some information on him. And I'm going to tell you, I haven't seen a ton of people who've been that athletic at his size. I mean, he goes out there, he can bring it to you in the ring. He can bring it to you outside the ring. He's got all sorts of things that he brings to the world each and every day. And Hardcore Hoss, you look very serious all of a sudden. Oh, you, you know, I, I, I'm the 
I'm the uh, Wrestle Talk Hardcore Hoss now, not FWWC. So <laughs> it goes back to what we talked about before: multi-talented. Yeah, absolutely. Hardcore Hoss is multi-talented, and like you're kind of getting there, Fly Walker. Our next guest, the big man K Tumor, the master of Fat Jitsu. Okay, he's not only doing guys his size normally don't do in the ring. But he's also doing the podcasting deal. He's doing the music deal. He's got his hand in everything. He's another guy that I follow through the power of social media. And I said, man, we absolutely have to have this guy on Russell Talk Podcast. Like, there's he no is doubt. In the, he is in the green room, by the way. Well, I can tell you right now, as, as we got what's there, we've had the cheering. We've had all this stuff here. And in just a moment here, I got to tell you, too, we have an opportunity. We always get our background information on the guest. I got to tell you, I sat down and I listened to this man's theme music. And I'm going to tell you right now, being a veteran, as long as I've been inside the squared circle, if I heard this man's music coming over the loudspeaker, coming over the, the, the public address system, and then I saw the big man, K Tumor, walking out through the curtain, I'm definitely going to wonder if I made the right choice. Because this man, I mean, from the moment his music hits, it's definitely one of those that you're not going, you're not going to be in for a walk in the park. You're going to be there for a fight. So at this point, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to go ahead. Sonny Money did a great introduction. I wanted to go ahead and emphasize that key thing here. So Hardcore Hoss, you'd be so kind to go ahead and hit the introduction music for our next guest here tonight on the Russell Talk Podcast. Let's go ahead and introduce him properly. Okay, it's three. What, two, what, one? Let's go. You want your jump rope? You want your next step? Every time I step up on the scene, you know what's going down. It's time to fight. It's time to fight. It's time to fight. It's time to fight. I hope you're ready. I hope you're ready. It's time to fight. Let's go. Hey, I know you can bang if you want to bang. Hey, I know you can bang if you want to bang. Hey, I know you can bang if you want to bang. Yeah, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, the Rock Talk Podcast, our second hour guest, the master of fat jitsu, the big man, K. Tumor. What's happening? What's happening? What's up, Tumor? How you doing tonight, brother? Man, I'm cool, man. Chilling and just doing my thing. Yo, listen, that, that theme music just played, bro. And I got look, I got chills right here. All right. That's the rest of the fan in me. I can imagine, like like Flywalker was just saying, I can uh -huh. imagine standing in the ring because I do ring announcing. I can imagine standing in the ring just as a ring announcer and probably about about ready to wet myself because I know you're coming out there. You're about ready to kick somebody's head off. You're about ready to mess somebody up. So, I mean, yo, that theme music is banging, man. Let's start the interview off that way. Uh, exactly. Who did your theme music? What made you decide, hey, I need custom theme music here? Because you go to a lot of independent wrestling promotions, and, you know, guys got general theme music. Guys got something that's copywritten. They can't be played on Wrestle Talk podcasts, so on and so forth. So talk to me about that music. All right. So um, I did my music myself. Uh, yeah. the, idea, the idea behind it 
Um, well, I always kind of feel like every wrestler should have like their own personalized theme music. Like when you hear the gong, no Undertaker's coming. When you hear the glass break, when you hear if you smell, yep, you you automatically know who's coming out. Yeah. Um, I I just just always personally feel like every wrestler should have their own personalized theme song. But on top of that, um, I was working for a company a while back, and the idea of trying to get get onto streaming services like Roku, uh, Fire Stick, and all of that stuff popped up. And my first question was, all right, what are we going to do about the guy's interest music? Because everybody's walking out the shine down and, yep. and, <laughs> and Metallica and everything. And I'm like, man, come on, we got to we gotta figure something else. So I came up with my theme music. Uh, the, idea, the idea behind the concept of the song is, man, we used to set the club up to like throw back Lil John and the East Side Boys. So that's this what it's catered by. And it just stuck when I when it hit crowds that know me when they come on, they sing it, they they do the chants and everything. It's an easy call and response. So that's the idea behind it. That's that's killer, bro. That's killer. And like I don't know if you've seen me, but I was legit. I mean, I'm a hip hop head. I like uh, all different music, but hip hip hop, hip hop is my go to. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. yo, and I like you said, it's got that little John. It's got that. It's got that middle two thousands. We mm-hmm. in the club. I'm throwing a bow field, man. So yep. I know the opponents are probably uh, shaking in their boots when they hear that because they know the crowd's getting live. They know the master fit, fat jitsu is coming to the ring now. Talk to me about that, man. We're, we're coming up with this master of fat jitsu. <laughs> I seen that. I said, "What? What is this? Come on, man." Uh, so, all right. So, it, I'm I'm a big dude, man. I'm a couple couple burgers short of 400 pounds. Um, but I've always done like MMA, kickboxing, jujitsu, a little krav. Um, did a little bit of hop keto. Um, I I just always been bigger than everyone. I I was. I was the football player. So steak and potatoes, lifting weights, that was always me getting that size up to be down on the offensive or defensive line. But I just always I, – I just tried to keep my flexibility and my footwork up through either playing basketball or through doing some form of, some form of martial art. When um, So about, I want to say, after six or seven months into actually working in wrestling after I – Went through training school and all of that stuff and getting into actually getting into working matches. I was like, man, I need a gimmick. But trying to come up with a gimmick didn't really fit me because I I just like being myself. I always believe what uh what he say? Stone Cold, you say the best gimmicks are, are you being yourself just died up to a living. Yep. So I always believed in just being myself. So one day in the training session, I hit a move and I jumped up and I was like, that's that fat jitsu right there. And the way it stuck. It was like I can do something with it. Yep. And I got the I went back and Ben's watched Naruto because I was late on that, and they got to playing around with the jutsus and stuff. And I was like, man, I can turn that into something. So when people first saw it, they thought it was like a get a joke gimmick. Right. And I hit the ring, and then I do some of the stuff that I do, and it's like, oh, oh shit, what the hell, what the hell he just do? Yep. So is and and, and 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 that's what kind of gravitated me towards you because again i'm always on social media i'm trying to uh look at other professional wrestling that's not in my area because i'm so familiar with uh, a lot of people in the kansas city area so familiar with a lot of people over there in st louis area where luke roberts is now i'm familiar with a lot of these midwest guys but i feel 
to do justice for the podcast, I should be looking at all independent professional wrestling. So I came across big man Kay Toomer, and I seen the master of fat jitsu. And I, again, you know, like you said, I, I thought it was a gimmick at first. I was like, what the hell is this? But then I turned on the video, man, and I see you hitting here, hitting the Owen Hart spin kick on somebody. And I see you flying around the ring that a guy your size honestly shouldn't be doing, but you're doing it and you make it look good on top of that. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So, no, absolutely, man. That's the honest to God's truth. But I, Luke Roberts, I see you over there moving, buddy. I know you want to jump in here with the big man, so please go ahead. <laughs> Well, first of all, uh, Kate Toomer, thank you for joining us on the program. I have a good friend of mine, a, a longtime uh, friend of the show, a uh, referee by the name of Tom Simon. Mm -hmm. And he, he he's refereed all across, um, uh, I want to say, western uh, Tennessee, Arkansas, a lot of promotions down there. And when he brought a little bit of information about your in-ring ability, and I, I got some info from Sonny Money, it reminded me back very early in my career. Mm -hmm. And there's just something about big men in professional wrestling that can move. When yeah. I saw there was one where I think you had a, like a sidekick on one of your opponents. And mm -hmm. I mean, you were right on the point of the jaw. And, mm -hmm. and, and it took me back to the days of when I was first getting in the ring and having guys that, that shouldn't be able to physically do that, be able to do those kinds of things. Now I got to ask you with the football background, with the martial arts background, what decide, what makes you decide that pro wrestling is the avenue for you. I mean, again, you're an agile man. You're a powerful man. How do you decide to make that transition into the world of professional wrestling? Uh, so I have been doing music for years, just like so many other people. I just get burnt out on it. Um, so my goal with music was to try that for a few years, try to figure some things out. And if I didn't get to the point to where I wanted to be, the way I was making steady or – reasonable money with by doing music i was going to give it up not necessarily give it up but, but backtrack it and find something different but then i kind of hit like a little funk the way i was just sitting and not doing anything and got invited to a wrestling show was really having an argument with somebody on <laughs> facebook <laughs> and um one of my buddies or he's my buddy now he he got online and we he was agreeing with me and i saw he was in the ring with the wrestling belt so I missed him like, hey, man, I see you in the ring somewhere. Where do y'all do y'all shows? And he was like, man, come out to such and such. And I introduce you to the guys and blah, blah, blah. So we get out there and I show up and they would like get in the ring. So I get in the ring. We start hitting the ropes and everything. And they at least let me do that on the first day. And they was like, man, well, if you're serious about training, this is where our wrestling school is. Come on out and we can see what you want to do. So. Going into it, I already kind of had a, a mindset of what I wanted to do ring-wise as far as, like, a skill set and move set. It was just figuring out how to get in, first get acclimated to taking so many bumps because I bumped for, like, four months before I even threw a punch. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but getting in, getting the proper training, learning how to work my style safe, work my style to where it's safe not only for myself but for my opponents as well. Cause yeah, we in there punching, kicking, slamming, and all this stuff. But it's all about protecting who um, who you're in the ring with. No, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And you know, you know, one thing, uh, Tumor, I got, I got to agree with you. I mean, I've seen a lot of wrestlers go in there, and and they do all this crazy stuff. But I mean, again, a guy your size and being able to do the things I was talking about when when I saw that spin wheel kick that Sunny Money was talking about, I'm like, 
oh my. And I mean, again, you just look like you were a guy half your size and you're able to do those things. And it just, it just made me, I, I sat there in awe of your <laughs> physical ability. I mean, just being able to go out there and do those things. I mean, I've seen a lot of wrestlers that are 150, 175 pushing that, that 200 pound limit that can't do the things that you do inside the ring. And I'm not talking the power moves. I'm talking the aerial moves. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had the opportunity to watch some things from some different promotions. And I'm going to be honest with you. When you come out there, they know it's on. I had an opportunity. I watched a match um, this past weekend preparing for the show. Uh, mm-hmm. You against a gentleman by the name of, I believe it was, oh, I can't think of his last name now. I'm just going to look really bad being the host. I'm forgetting. It was, uh, oh, it, was, it wasn't, it was, uh, I think the last name was Idol. I know it Austin, wasn't. Austin Idol. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you going in there and competing against him. I mean, he brought everything but the kitchen sink. Mm-hmm. And you're just going, I mean, you're giving it right back to him. Mm-hmm. That and, and I mean, again, just seeing matches like that. Uh, I know I was talking with one of our uh, colleagues, the Night Owl, and talking about how you've wrestled with some wrestlers that are familiar here in the St. Louis area. I think you've wrestled against Kyle Roberts. Uh, you've wrestled against a member of Dysfunction, Brandon Espinoza. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, having the opportunity to be in those uh, in the ring with some of those wrestlers that our, our listeners would be very much familiar with. Now, my question to you is this. I'm going to kind of skip gears here for a minute. Mm-hmm. Do you have the opportunity right now? I asked this in our earlier interview. I want to throw this out here right now. Right now, I know everybody has their dream, and we hear it countless times over and over again. If you don't want to be the champion, you don't want to be the top guy, you don't want to be in the WWE, then you don't need to be in this industry. I got to ask you right now. Mm-hmm. Who has been your favorite match thus far? And past, present, or future, if you had one opportunity to sign that contract and get in the ring with somebody, who would it be and why? Hmm. Okay. My currently my favorite match, and it hasn't aired yet. Um, is me and Rhino, and it's not from the sense of because we beat the hell out of each other in that match, but it's weird. It's like anybody who does like any kind of martial art or fighting or anything, it's like a unspoken communication just by punching somebody and seeing how they can get hit, but also reading their body language too. And I feel like I learned a lot by working that match. Um, but I can also throw somebody like a Derrick King in there too. A lot of people aren't familiar with Derrick King, but Derrick had a big hand in the beginning stages of people like Kurt Angle, Brock Lesnar, people like that. Being being able to get in the ring with, with people like that, people who are, whether they're on a big scale or small scale, they're established veterans and have these accolades under their belt and they're passing that on to me in the ring. It's like, it's, it's, it's hard to just say it's just one specific favorite match because what – I can even throw one of my original trainers, uh, Josh Cross, in there. I had a match with him that really set, set me to make me say, okay, I can really do this. Um, long-term-wise, if I was assigned a contract, and my goal is kind of weird, and a lot of people always say WWE or AEW, this, that, and the third. And I, honestly, I don't have a set goal. I just want to see how far I can push this because I don't know. You never know what's going to happen. Um, from what I'm finding out in this business is about who sees you, who likes you, and who you know. And sometimes the business aspect of it gets pushed out the window before anything else. So, but if I was to sign a major contract to go to a major company, I feel the best bet would be uh, AEW. 
because it is not just from the standpoint of who was there, but I can kind of see the freedom that a lot of the talent has to where, yes, they're working the television matches. Yes, they're in the contract for this particular company, but they're still able to, to work the independence and go pretty much wherever they want to go. Um, and then on top of that, the learning capability, the learning aspect of everyone is there. You have people who are established veterans, Brian, Daniel, uh, Brian Danielson. You can look online and see what he's doing with Jay Cargill, but to just sit in a room with somebody like a William Regal or someone like a Samoa Joe who you can just soak knowledge of behind, but on the entertainment aspect, somebody like the Young Bucks, you can just sit around and watch them and see how they have their own quirky way of of connecting with their audience and keeping their people in tune. Same thing with like uh, anybody from the dark order. I got the chance to meet Evil Uno. I feel like I learned a lot from him just by having a basic conversation with him. So I feel like if I was to go somewhere or was to be able to have a great, a good look or to sign a contract, that would be the place where I want to be. A close second would be MLW because I feel their locker room is the exact same to where the names that are are in MLW they're not may not be on that scale just yet, but they're right there, easily right there. Well, I got to tell you right now, you bring up MLW, and again, it's one of those that promotion have an opportunity. We've had several guests from MLW here on the program as well. Mm-hmm. If you talk about MLW, one guy that you're going to look at here, Mads Kruger. Can you give me any kind of input? I mean, the guy looks like somebody that I mean, literally came right out of a horror movie. And I mean, it would take nothing short of that. I mean, I don't even know how you could stop a guy like this. Mm-hmm. Can you give us some input? I know you've had some some <laughs> dealings in the past with with the the man from MLW. What are your thoughts about Match Kruger? Man, if you can combine Jason Voorhees and Michael Myers into one person, that's him. Wow. And it's like it's like no matter how hard you hit him, yeah, you're gonna hit him, you're gonna get him down. But as soon as you get look up, he's right back up. Um wow. Certain things I can't talk about just yet because it hasn't aired yet, but um, you will see it. Like that was the, the one of the first matches where I looked at somebody and was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> but uh, but yeah, man, that, that, that man is a legit. He he he's legit, man. Um, he knows what he's doing. Professional. Um, one of the first people to knock the air out of me in the ring. Um. And yeah, like I said, man, Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees. Um, I would even go back and throw Pumpkinhead in there too. Like, <laughs> like that that man, that man is a monster, man. Like I said, I I hit him with everything, and he just get he just kept getting right back up. Well, I got to tell you right now. I mean, again, you you've hit about three points in the last two minutes. I mean, again, all the the horror movie references are making Sonny money. Uh, and I and I, I got to throw a sidebar out here, Sonny. He, and again, this is a little bit off topic, K Tumor, and I apologize for that. Mm-hmm. One of the things we talk about every week when Sunday Money's on the program is the idea this man just keeps going, like you're talking about Mad Kruger just keeps going like a like a super villain in a horror movie. He keeps going like the Energizer Bunny. And he had said earlier that his goal was to be on cup of coffee number eight before your interview started. And I gotta ask you, Sonny, did you get there? No, bro. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> My voice. Excuse me for that. No, um, we made it to seven, and then I switched it over to a, a ice cold cup of Coca Cola. So I've drank plenty of water today. I, I I'm not that much of a soda fan, but I, you know this is a really good interview. I'm really enjoying this with the big man consumer right now. I said, hey, I'm gonna kind of sit back because I'm I'm liking what you two are going going with here. 
I'm gonna have me an ice cold cup of Coca Cola. I'm not putting Coca Cola over anymore though. That's why. <laughs> but I do have a question for you, uh, uh, K Tumor, and this kind of goes back to the size thing, man. And I've heard this in a lot of um, uh, I've heard this in a lot of locker rooms and in, in the talk with a lot of guys. Mm-hmm. But usually, a guy your size, there's two schools of thought. Yeah. One, work like a big man. Yep. <laughs> or two, go ahead and do those unique things that you do. Because in my mind, I like both of them. I like when big guys work like big guys. Mm-hmm. But some of the most memorable big guys and their matches in my mind, when, when I think of a big guy, is Yokozuna, is Bam Bam Bigelow, yep. is Vader hitting the, hit the moonsault. You know what I mean? So have you had any guys in the business since you've been in so far that said, hey, man, don't don't be going out there doing them spin kicks. You need to be doing body splashes and so on and so forth. Or has it all been positive reaction? Man, every week. Every week. Like, especially when I was first starting, it was, oh, man, uh, I walk through the door, first thing they're going to say, oh, big black man, Mark Henry. Hey, you're my, like, nah, man, let me let me work my thing. Right. Um, But, like, like even – even where I'm at now with uh, in Memphis with uh, Championship Wrestling from Memphis, when I first got there, it was, hey, man, don't do this. Don't do the enzigiris. Don't do the the spin kicks because you're taking away from the, from the smaller guys who do it. And I'm like, man, no offense to anybody, but if, if my fat ass is, is doing this, making it a little better than them, they need to tighten up on what they're doing. And that's not not being arrogant. It's just, it just is what it is. But I hear it all the time, man. Um I hear it all the time, man. You shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't be doing that. And I'm. They say that until they see how I translate it in, in the ring, and the way I put together my combos and everything. Once they see it, they hear it, and it's one thought, and it's like, no, nah, you shouldn't do that. But then once they see it and let me work, have my matches need to go. It's like, okay, we understand it. Let's try to tweak it a little bit, but we, we want to work with you more now that we kind of get a better understanding of what you're doing. So with anybody, if it's a veteran that come up to me and say, hey, man, maybe I would have done this here. Of course, I'm going to listen out of respect. But there are those moments where it's like, hey, bro, you don't know me. You never watched any of my matches or any of my clips. Just let me work my thing. And you do your thing very well from what we could see. And that's why, again, I had to have you on the Russell Talk podcast, man. Um, but, you know, you talked about your music career and you talked about breaking into the business. But it's a question I always like to ask everybody because it's a question that I le- am legit always interested in. And not just with people who come on Wrestle Talk podcast, but when I'm out in public and someone brings up wrestling, I always ask them, what, did you watch it as a kid? What 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 was your favorite wrestler? If you did, what, what was that moment? that you've seen wrestling and said, I got to do it because there's, 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 there's guys who didn't watch wrestling as a kid and got into the business. And then there's people who are just marks and you know what I mean? And they're just, I'm a mark. Hey, I'm a mark. I'm proud to admit it. You know what I mean? I I am too. I am too. So yeah, I watched it as a kid growing up. Um, The earliest days I can remember like my, all right. So can we cuss on here? Yes, sir. All right. So this is the best way I can describe him. My grandpa was an old mean fucker. Like, he hated everything about you. He hated the way you look, the way you slept, the way you choose your food, everything. But we would always go to his house and watch wrestling because that was, like, be the only time where it's like he would really bond with us. And it would be the only time where he didn't seem pissed off. 
when he was watching wrestling. And then um, at the time, man, we was coming up. Um, we were coming up during the beginning of the of the the Monday Night Wars with the uh, WCW WWF at the time. We were WCW people because I was introduced to WCW first, but I related more with WWF as I started getting into it. Uh, but first polarizing figures was Goldberg, Lex Luger's thing, uh, with the whole storyline they did with the NWO, all of that stuff. Um, but then on the flip side, you had the uprising of somebody like Stone Cold Steve Austin, somebody like a rock. You see the transformation of the Undertaker being the more forefront character opposed to just being the walking the walking dead man um so i related with the characters more but i always still had this nostalgic feel with wcw because at the time i mean they were doing they were doing what we bitch about everybody else doing they're bringing everybody who already established superstars like the dusty rose like the ricky steamboats like the hulk hogan's bringing them over and that's what we were familiar with but it also opened the door for the new stars to be brought up too now, uh, what made me say I want to get into it, you know, like I know for the longest, wrestling was always a big body body competition. Like, you had to be cut up and had to be six foot seven and 240 pounds and be chiseled for stone. That, that was never me. Um, it's, I, it's crazy I'm going to say this because this is one of my dream matches. Um, was watching the TNA pay-per-view, 2005, Sanjay Dutt walks out. and I see this fat dude by the name of Samoa Joe comes out. Now, I've always been a fan of Joe, even from his Ring of Honor days. But back then, the internet wasn't what it was, so Ring of Honor wasn't really posting their matches like that at the time. But we still had PWI where we were going in, reading the 500 list, all of that stuff. But when he debuted on TNA against Sanjay, it was like, that, that's it. Yep. Then more and more people started popping up, at least from him to people like Willie Mack, to going back in – and one of my favorite angles of all time is Taz and Batman Bigelow. Going back, going back and rewatching stuff like that. Going back and rewatching uh, Sean and Vader, even though I don't like how they played out. But I wasn't there. I don't know them personally. But seeing how Sean and Vader played out, but then seeing how other situations happened, watching the Head Shrinkers, watching Rikishi before he was Rikishi, like stuff like that, is that's when it really clicked for me. Like, okay, I can figure this out if I make this. If I figure out my own little quirk or my own little way to make it happen, and just, so far it's working, I'm still learning, still learning certain aspects of everything. Uh, I'm in the phase now where I'm coming up with my five moves of doom, <laughs> but uh, but it's those are my inspirations for for a lot of stuff that I'm doing, and it's not even including the stuff that I watch from Japan, the stuff that I watch from the UK. It's not even including any of that. Right, so, right. And, and, man, you're bringing back memories for me, especially them TNA years when you were, uh, you know, I remember the early TNA years when you spent, I think it was $9.99 a Wednesday yep. night on the people. My mom was pissed off because I was dropping yep. 40 bucks a month, but, you know, I was mowing the lawn. I was doing Same. that to make up for it because them early TNA years were great. But, um, you know, mm-hmm. and then another thing that, that intrigued me, and, and, and I'm so happy, again, you came on to the show. But you talked about your gimmick, man. Um, you know, and, and but it's not a gimmick; it's you. It's you turned up, you know. And that's kind of how I lead my shit. Like, yeah, I'm Sunny Money on here. Well, Sunny Money is a is a part of me. Somebody called me Sunny Money one day, 
And I asked them, I said, why did you call me money? And they said, because you're always hustling. You're always on. You're always a tenant. You know what I mean? Not money cash, but because I bring the I'm money every time. You know what I mean? If, I, if I'm in your presence, I'm looking at you in your eye and I'm communicating with you as clear as I can. And, and, and when I go to work and I hustle, I give it 100%. So I'm money every time. You know what I mean? So that's kind of like my gimmick right there. But <laughs> and I'm just turned up a little bit more. But Luke, I want to pass it along to you, man. I, I'm enjoying the hell out of this interview. I know you are too. And Go ahead, Flywalker. I, I know you got some more stuff over there. Well, Mike. I got to tell you right now, Sonny Money. I know the the the, the viewers of the Wrestle Talk podcast have been have been enjoying this as well. Had a lot of great comments. But I want uh, Hardcore Hoss. I know you're back there taking care of all the technical stuff. Uh, there's a comment I saw that came up here a few minutes ago. A man I've known for many many years. A man who's traveled the globe. Uh, when it comes to professional wrestling, Harker Ross, can you throw the comment back up here? Uh, this is from Herb Simmons, who's the promoter of SICW up here in the greater St. Louis area. Hmm. Don't forget this guy, mark my words, he's going places. And I got to echo this, man. I mean, this man right here, he is a combination of athletic ability, humble, but he knows what it takes to get it done inside and outside of the ring. I mean, to me, being in professional wrestling as long as I've had been, that is the thing. One plus one plus one equals success in the wrestling industry. Mm, and I got to tell you right now, it's it's been great to have you on the program. Now, I got to ask you something here, K Tuner. Uh huh. You are a big man. Yeah. You're a very agile man. Mm-hmm. I got to tell you, another thing you can look at too is the idea of, and and I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm gonna do a little bit of a plug here for you. Mm-hmm. You get an opportunity, go to Pro Wrestling Tees and pick up this man's shirt. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Look, look, look right there what he's wearing. He's <laughs> representing the Fat Jitsu T-shirt. They're available at ProWrestlingTees.com. This man is going places. He's going to be bringing things forward each and every time he's inside the squared circle. And i got to tell you personally, for me, I hope we can have the opportunity in, in the upcoming weeks to hopefully get you to come on up here St. Louis way or, as Sonny Money will talk about, out KC way and see mm-hmm. how you can compete with some of the the – standard bearers of professional wrestling here in the St. Louis and Kansas city area. But here's my question for you. Mm-hmm. I know that you're a very knowledgeable man. You're a man of many talents. Yeah. My question is how knowledgeable are you about trivia? Uh, it depends. Depending on, on the topic. <laughs> okay. How about I change it up here? How knowledgeable are you on wrestling trivia? Uh, I, I, I like to fancy myself a Mark, but. <laughs> well, we'll tell you what. One of the things we do each and every week here on the um, Russell Talk Podcast is we have what's called the world famous Russell Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. Mm-hmm. It's an opportunity for you to compete against one of our esteemed broadcast colleagues mm-hmm. in a trivia contest related to professional wrestling. Now, as you can tell, Hardcore Hoss, he's always prepared, he's representing professional wrestling all across the country. You got myself who, who's kind of explaining what's going on here. And then you had the man posing the double biceps there, Sonny Money Mayo <laughs> down there representing his, with his NWO t-shirt and countless other uh, wrestling mementos. Uh, what I wanted to do is I wanted to go ahead and see if you would be willing to participate in this week's Wrestle Talk podcast game show challenge against our own Sonny Money Mayo. Uh, yeah, I'm down for it. All right. No, 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 no. Big man, Kay Tumor, the mm-hmm. actor 
of Fat Jitsu. You are about to go one-on-one -on -one with Sonny Money of the Russell Talk Podcast and the Game Show Challenge. Now, listen, I know you go into championship wrestling from Memphis and you kick heads off. Uh-huh. But you just stepped into my arena, sir. And you go ahead and let that theme music hit all you want because I ain't scared, my friend. In hey, the words of my all-time favorite professional wrestler, Mr. Scott Hall, Big Man K. Tuman, don't sing it. Bring it. Hey, man, I've been beat up. Shots fired. Shots fired. <laughs> well, I got to tell you right now, now that Sonny Money's posing the challenge here, I have no qualms whatsoever about K. Tumor being able to take care of this. So, Hardcore Hossie, be so kind. Let's go ahead and hit that intro music, that intro music for tonight's installment of the world-famous Russell Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge right here on the Russell Talk Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's installment of the world-famous WrestleTalk Podcast Game Show Challenge. Tonight's contest is scheduled for the best two out of three falls. Our combatants are Kay Toomer and Sonny Money Mayo. Gentlemen, in just a few moments, I'm going to go ahead and give you information about three famous professional wrestlers related to a particular topic. When you think you know the answer to the question, shout out your answer. The first to get two out of three questions correct wins two out of three falls, and wins tonight's game show challenge. In honor of tonight's guest, tonight's category title is Men on the Move, Super Heavyweight Edition. Professional wrestlers who were known for being super heavyweights. Like me. <laughs> thanks, Sonny. Super heavyweights that defied the laws of physics inside the squared circle. K-Tumor, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Sonny Money, are you ready? I'm slapping that jitsu right down, baby. Let's go. Okay, what? Hardcore Hoss, now that Sonny's all amped up, he's had his seven cups of coffee, and K-Tumor is like the epitome of being chill right now, mm. you're going to have your hands full making sure you get this taken care of tonight. You ready? I'm ready. All right, here we go. Question number one. This individual was known for being one of the most agile big men in the history of professional wrestling. Bam Bam Bigelow. I got to tell you right now, first fall goes to Sonny Money Mayo. I oh, didn't okay. All right, we just pitballing him. Okay, get you. Yeah. Right. I, I didn't even think he was going to get it. I really didn't. It's like that. All right, <laughs> Jersey represent in the house. All right, that's what <laughs> – Hey, Tumor, I know you over there chilling, but you better have that fat jitsu gun cocked and ready to feed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm up to speed. I'm up to speed. All right, question number two. This individual has held championship gold in the WCW, and he also held championship gold in All Japan Pro Wrestling. He also was a member of Jim Cornette's stable in the WWE 
and was known for his rivalries. Vader. Ladies and gentlemen, two falls in a row for Sonny Money. I was waiting. I was trying to listen to everything you had to say. Yep. Well, like I said, he. When you come on the Russell Talk podcast, game show challenge, you have to be quick on your feet, just like you are in the ring, my friend. You have yeah, to be yeah. ready. So, so as you, on, you might just have a little bit better luck, but this time, this time, you took that L against the only one. Sunny Money Mayo, baby. That's it. So hold up a second. Hold up a second, Money. I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to kind of peel back the curtain here a minute. You yourself said in our meeting earlier today (laughs) that you would not consider this a victory unless you were able to sweep K. Toomer here tonight on the Game Show Channel. That's true. That is true. So tell you what. I got one more question here. And you know what I think right now? I'm going to kind of call an audible here. Mm-hmm. I think that if K. Tumor can get this third question right, I think Sonny Money should be willing to forego his victory here. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Just like WrestleMania 12, Brett and Sean, okay? It was the Iron Man match. But that went into overtime. K. Tumor, I'll tell you what, my friend. We'll go one more question, and if you win, I'll consider. If you get this question, I'll consider it a win. Get you. You don't. If you do not, you have to go on social media and recognize Sunny Money as the Russell Talk Podcast Game Show Champion, baby. How's that? Hey, I'm a man of my word, man. You beat me, you beat me, and I'll, I'll announce it. All right. (laughs) All right. Well, here we go. We've added a little bit more stipulations here for this third and final fall. Uh, Here we go. The third and final question. This professional wrestler was known for competing in such promotions as the WWF and World Class Championship Wrestling, among others. Before Big E was asking for the five count, This man was on television as a member of Married with Children and wrestling Hulk Hogan in the main event of WrestleMania 2. Name him. King Uh, Talk Podcast. King Talk Podcast. The match. And ladies and gentlemen, Sonny Money gets so excited he knocks his camera apart. And now we're not going to be able to see where he is for the rest of the show. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, guys, this has been a great interview. And, and K. Toomer, first of all, I want to say on behalf of all of us, first of all, thank you for coming on the program. I mean, again, there's been a lot of people who've been viewing the program tonight 
who just from what we've talked about and the things they've seen are really hoping to be able to bring you back into the St. Louis area here in the weeks and months to come. A couple quick things here, a little bit of housekeeping. Number one, for those people that would like to know how they could follow you on social media and find out more about Fat Jitsu and yourself, how could they do that? Um, you can follow me on Twitter, uh, ktumor70. Um, no spaces, of course. Um, same thing on Instagram. You type in tumor on Facebook, it's going to pull me right up. Um, also, follow us on uh, YouTube, Championship Wrestling from Memphis. We air literally every week, 12 o'clock noon. Um, we got a lot of great things going on, man. We're building something great. We got a lot of great, great things going on. If you're in or feel like making a drive to Arkansas, um, on July 2nd, I'm throwing a show called The Battle at the Catalina Wine Mixer. And uh, we got Gangrel coming. It's going to be a dope show. Other than that, man, it's just working, keeping everything moving, hoping gas prices won't spike up to where I get to slow down on bookings. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's how you can reach me. Well, I can see right now, K-Tumor, I mean, again, there's going to be I – mean, I know gas prices have been going up, but there's a lot of promoters that have been looking – and seeing what you can do inside the ring. And, I mean, again, hopefully in the weeks and months to come, we can have you back here on the program. But also you're going to be not just in in Tennessee and in Arkansas. Really looking forward to seeing you get a lot more around the Midwest and have an opportunity to really showcase what K-Tumor, the master, the, the I guess you would say the the master of, uh, of uh, Fat Jitsu. Is that yep. the correct title? Yep. <laughs> okay. Well, like I said, I'm going to tell you right now as we're going to see here, K tumor brings it each and every time he comes inside the squared circle. And again, I have to say like Sonny money did earlier on, even though he's been celebrating a little bit much on his seven cups of coffee here this evening, <laughs> I do have to officially say we want to welcome you here as a part of the Russell talk podcast family. Uh, enjoy the interview here this evening. And like I said, we're going to definitely have you on again. Uh, hopefully we can have you on later this summer. And also, like I said, make it a point, check out championship wrestling from Memphis, another great wrestling territory from back in the day bringing a lot of great wrestling action. K-Tumor, thank you for coming on the program here this evening, and we look forward to seeing you again real soon on the program. And hopefully, for Sunny Money and myself, we can see you up this way. And again, I, maybe I can convince this guy, along with the Night Owl and a couple others, to make that journey down to see you in Memphis in the weeks to come. Hey, appreciate y'all for having me on, man. I, I, really, I, I like this. This dope. Yep. yep. All right. Well, like I said, thank you very much. K-Tumor, ladies and gentlemen, here on the Russell Talk podcast this evening. It's a great program here. Sunny Money getting a round of applause here. Gentlemen, I got to tell you, two hours of great pro wrestling talk every Tuesday night right here on the Russell Talk podcast. It's been a great show. Gentlemen, any final thoughts about tonight's program? Yeah, I'll start off, man. What uh, what a uh, variety of guests today. Okay? We went from violence right in your face from the East Coast. To the master of fat jitsu, Mr. Laidback himself, big man K Tumor. He wasn't scared of Sunny Money in the, in the in the game show challenge. Most people are shaking in their boots, but he's just cooler than the other side of the pillow. In all seriousness, this was a great show from beginning to end. And, and it is always my pleasure to come on here with you, Flywalker. And yes, you will always be Flywalker. I don't care what the night out. <laughs> Hardcore Hoss. I always feel like you don't get enough praise, even though we praise you every time. But, you know, you're a big integral part here at Russell Talk Podcast. And what you do matters a whole hell of a lot with with the camera work, with the drops and everything. So 
Thank you to you two up there for another fantastic episode. Gentlemen, we're only two two more episodes away. <laughs> we're only two more. Two. Can you know something, Sonny? First of all, and again, I'm going to throw this out here too. Can we get a round of applause for the man behind the behind the scenes, Hardcore Hoss? Can we get a round of applause for all the hard work that he does? I know there's a lot of people that are doing that. You know something, guys? I got to tell you right now. I mean, again, we can we can put that in there, but son, but Sonny, I think you would agree with me. The Night Owl, the Road Dog, um, the Maestro would all agree with me here that if there was any way we could get one of those 70, 80, 90,000 seat arenas to provide that, that applause, hardcore Hoss, you do that each and every week. You do it so well. I mean, again, you sit there and you look at it. I mean, again, you got stuff from WDWA, you got stuff from Midwest independent wrestling hall of famers, the lumberjacks there. You got your wrestle talk podcast hat, which I'm going to tell you right now, I really wish I had one, but then again, it would cover up this real cool hairdo I've got right now. So I don't know how necessarily that would work out. But, guys, I got to tell you, tonight's been a great show. Two weeks, 14 days. If you enjoyed tonight's show, and we're going to have some big announcements next week in relationship to episode 400. I'm going to tell you right now, make it a point. Share this show. Like this show. Follow this show on social media. Make it a point to go ahead and do all those things because without the viewers – of the Wrestle Talk podcast. This program doesn't go each and every week. And also, as we said earlier on at the top of the show, it would not go anywhere without the great sponsors. Let's go ahead and, th- and thank them one more time here this evening, right here on the Wrestle Talk podcast. We've got Royal Mills Transportation, Rathbun Engraving, Nobleman's Barber Lounge KC, and Ask for Pete the Barber. Uh, we have a Kincaid at the Overland Park Mall. We're also going to have watch parties there. We have everything combat with Pat Militich and our good friend Jake Hollywood. The FWWC, Interstate 70 Sports Media, uh, Painter's Dream Productions. I mean, we got a lot of great sponsors. Uh, Me Fiesta uh, Party Rentals. We have a lot of great guests. Absolutely. A lot of great sponsors that help our program each and every week. And I'm going to tell you right now. It is taking every fiber of my being not to start throwing some of those big announcements out here. But I'm going to tell you right now, next week right here on the program, you're going to have yours truly, Luke Roberts. You're going to have Hardcore Hoss. You're going to have my longtime friend and colleague, Chris Rodell. We're all going to be here talking pro wrestling. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to put a scoop out there. I'm almost going to guarantee you. Actually, I am going to guarantee you right now. And you know me. I don't put guarantees out too often. That we're going to be hearing from the night out. We're going to be hearing from Nightmare Jones. And we're going to give you just a little bit. Just a little bit of what episode 400 is going to bring up. We already know there's going to be a new logo for the Russell Talk podcast unveiled in episode 400. But I'm going to tell you right now. That's just the tip of the iceberg. And if you want to know more, check us out on social media. Check us out, WrestleTalkPodcast.com. Guys, it's two weeks away. I am getting so excited. Not only next week's going to be a great show, but on Tuesday, June 21st, episode 400, right here on the Russell Talk Podcast. It is going to be a great next couple of weeks. Make it a point to follow us on social media. Anything else, guys? 
No, that's it, gentlemen. Thank you so much for 398. I again, like I just said, I appreciated it. A big shout out to um, Lord Eric Black out there in the Philly area for bringing the violence. Big shout out to the big man K Tumor for holding it down at Championship Wrestling for Memphis. Big shout out to Hardcore Hoss. Big shout out to Luke Roberts. Big shout out to the Night Owl, the Maestro, everybody involved at Russell Talk Podcast, all of our sponsors. Gentlemen, a hell of an episode, man. And guess what? It just doesn't stop at 400. That's true. That is true. We're going to be counting 500. And after 500, we're going to be counting the episode 1000. And we're just going to keep the Russell Talk podcast train rolling. And we hope everybody out there continues to join us every Tuesday night live at 7 p.m. And you know, Sonny Money, I forgot one last thing. You had an opportunity this weekend to see Head Over Heels. If you get an opportunity, it's going to sound strange. It was on PBS this past weekend here in the St. Louis area. It talked about the wrestling at the chase era. It went along with Ed Wheatley's book, Wrestling at the Chase. If you get an opportunity to go online, check out Head Over Heels. It's a great, a great documentary about the history of professional wrestling here in the St. Louis area. I had a great opportunity to uh, see that this past weekend. It's a great thing here. Gentlemen, I got to tell you, that's pretty much what we got this week. And you know what, Hardcore Hoss? Since Sonny Money was kind of gloating a little bit over the sweep here tonight, I think the only way to go out tonight is let's go ahead one more time, just so he remembers next time he comes up to St. Louis KC Way, he's going to be able to remember K. Toomer. Let's go ahead and hit his music on the way out here tonight. Thank you for listening. Thank you for viewing, and we're going to see you right here next week on the WrestleTalk Podcast. Have a great evening. See you next Tuesday night right here on the WrestleTalk Podcast. Okay, it's three. What two? What one? Let's go. You want your jump rope? You want your next step? Every time I step up on the scene, you know what's going down. It's time to fight. It's time to fight. It's time to fight. It's time to fight. I hope you're ready. I hope you're ready. It's time to fight. Let's go. Hey, no, we can make it. If you want to bang, you can bang. Hey, no, we can make it. If you want to bang, you can bang. Hey, no, we can make it. If you want to bang, Thank you, Hot.